Welcome everybody to Wolf Sheep. I am Luis Cavedo. And Matthew Walker. And we are joined by Mr. Daniel Fedorchak. Uh, it seems to be that we're accumulating guests now with Bill Nance last week. And oh yeah, Daniel we have a studio week. audience. We only have one member, <laughs> one member. each That's time. That's fit. Yep, right. so if you would like to join our studio audience, um, please fill out a form. You're always welcome, yeah. Now we don't normally work on a timeline, but we do today. So we're going to, if it's cut short, or if we have to cut it down, all of a sudden there is an alarm that's going to go off. But yeah, just yeah. as a heads up. All right. So topic inception, or topic of the week. <laughs> Sorry, I guess I should announce the topic. It's, uh, I don't want to go to church. Right. The topic inception, well, you know, waking up on a Sunday morning and wanting to stay in bed instead of getting up and going to church. Oh, yeah, because Saturday night is always a temptation to stay up late because it's the end of the weekend, you know, you're catching up on The Flash mm -hmm. or other <laughs> comic book things, right. and you just go to bed late, you know, and then you got Patty telling you, hey, you need Bird to be at pre-service. Yeah, Patty Baradesco saying, hey, are you going to make it to pre-service prayer? And I'm like, oh, Jesus wants me to sleep and get there at 930 you know, <laughs> yeah, and and I'm not against skipping out a Sunday every once in a while, but right, lower this. this okay, this sorry. Yeah, thank you. I, not that, that it's gonna matter. I think your speaking volume is good enough. But yeah. I'm not saying you're trying to say you're loud. Yeah, now you're calling me loud. Um, <laughs> no, like insulting you well, out here, so I felt like I should pick up the slack. <laughs> the like sometimes on a Sunday, like I. I'll be honest, I mm -hmm. skip church because I can, because I'm an adult, and I was forced to go to church as a kid, which mm -hmm. ended up being a good thing. But there's some, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to go today. And I can get just as much Jesus outside the church, but it's like, I like to see the people. I like to hear the message. I, there's so much about well, church that I love. Hey, you know? I mean, we'll get into that. Now. All right, yeah. Um, for me, the last couple of times... It because we've got Pepe, the new cat. So we've got two cats now. Right. And Pepe is, he just turned one. He acts like a child sometimes. Right. Where he gets up and he's at 5 a.m. He's already like, all right, get up. You know, it's not to play or let's give me food or whatever. And uh, he'll keep bugging in, bugging in, bugging in. Last couple uh, Sundays, I uh, get up with him, you know, to play or just sit in the couch. And Gina stays in bed. I wanted to try to sleep in. And secretly in the back of my head, I'm thinking, I'm looking at the clock, 8 o'clock, looking at the clock, 9 o'clock. Oh, yeah. If, and I should probably wake her up in the next 20 or 30 minutes, but, yeah. well, if she doesn't wake up, then we're not going. But that's not a good attitude. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I do that sometimes, too. It shifts the blame. Mm -hmm. That way, I'm not the sinner. They are. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the questions. Yeah. So just out of curiosity. Okay. Do you remember the first time you went to church? And if so, how'd it go? I don't remember the first time. We don't, yeah. No, but I remember a couple of different churches we went to, but I don't remember the first time. Yeah, I, I was trying to come up with the definitive first time. Right. And that was a little difficult, because uh, I I know that we we went to, to Catholic schools back home. Yeah. In order to attend Catholic school back home, at least this was that way in the, back in the day. It may still be that way now. You had to um, make a uh, gift, a financial gift oh. to the institution, to the 
Catholic Church. Not that and that we is were a Catholic. whole nother podcast, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Uh, you had to <laughs> you had to get baptized under the Catholic Church and et cetera. Okay. Under Even the church? As a child, well, as a ch- you know, I, I was what? Going into first grade or even before that. Yeah. So, yeah. And I don't think I had been baptized until that point. But, uh, you know, okay. you, you had to be baptized in order to Yeah. So I think I, we ended up having to go to... Oh, and that was another thing. You had to attend a mass or a Catholic church service. Right. So I think that was possibly the first service I remember going to. And remember, my, I've got a Christian household. My mom always yeah. prayed. But the first time I actually remember going to a church is... Uh, we went to one of these... Non, uh, a non-denominational church. Uh-huh. And we went in. And I remember thinking it was quite different. Pretty big hall, but, you know, there wasn't, Jesus wasn't hanging on the cross on every corner. Right. Um, the decoration was very plain. It was almost office-like. Yeah. And uh, and the preacher wasn't boring, for another term. You know? <laughs> but it was a nice experience. We just, we never went back to it. It was like a one-time deal. You know, mom yeah. wakes up on Sunday and she's like, okay, you know what, kids, we're going to church. So I think that was our first experience. And I remember I liked it because I, I remember Catholic services and we were <laughs> we were forced to go in to do confession. Oh, yeah. And <coughs> kind of like a weekly practice. And, okay, well, the, this week these are how many Our Father, Lord in Heavens you have and these are the number of Hail Mary full of grace you've got. And yeah. Go, go do your duty, you know. Wow. So uh, to me it was like, okay, well... I gotta go meet up with the old guy to tell him everything I did wrong, you know. <laughs> well, technically, that's what we do as Christians. We meet up with the old guy because Jesus is like two thousand, so yeah. Right, but I think Jesus has kept his. his he probably kept his looks, looks pretty well. Yeah, yeah, very different than our friend Daniel. Um, <laughs> but no, so like the the first thing that comes to mind is I remember at our church before the church got all crazy about Halloween, we had a Halloween costume contest the week after Halloween at the church. Yeah. Like we were on stage in our little costumes, in our little polyvinyl costumes. I was Charlie Brown, and that's really, I'm sorry, I don't mean to throw. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, like I remember that, and it was before all these fall festivals and people getting all bent out of shape that were worshiping Satan by eating candy, mm-hmm. uh, which in and of itself a sugar addiction that America's stuck in is one thing. But anyway, it's another podcast again. But little memories like that, like I remember loving children's church. I remember. Going to church in the morning and thinking, oh, 15 minutes before we get to go to children's church. And then mm-hmm. we get to go to children's church. And then maybe it'll be a mission Sunday and we won't have to go to big kids, big people's church, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so my church was kind of crazy anyway. It was Assembly of God. So there was lots of going, lots going on and long sermons, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody was going to hell. Uh, hellfire, damnation, get saved, and I got like I got saved seventy-five times one year, you know, <laughs> because I was afraid I was the next one into hell, and I was not going to have that. <laughs> you were spooked into it. Yeah. yeah, but but the first time I remember, we went to a Free Will Baptist. That was the name of it. Mm-hmm. We went to Free Will Baptist. Um, my mom and dad helped start a church, I think, with my with a friend of theirs. And then we went to the Assembly of God Church for the longest time. And then when my mom would get mad at my dad, mm-hmm. she would take us to her grandmother's house, and we would go to the Free Will Baptist so we didn't have to see my dad. <laughs> so we still went to church, oh, right. but we didn't go to church with my dad. And uh, But as far as, like, 
And and one of the guys that was in our church, his name was Cap Weeby, which was short for Captain Weeby. And he would have a bar, uh, a bag of Three Musketeers, and he would hand them out to all the kids. And my mom wouldn't let me eat them because she thought they were poison. This that's what she told us. And later on, we found out she was eating them. <laughs> yeah. So those were my experiences in church. <laughs> well, that's an interesting first couple of years in the church. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I met Jesus at ten when I went to a church camp, mm-hmm. but that was like all week long focused, you know. So that church led up to that. Right. And that made church a little more bearable, but I was still a 10-year-old who loved chocolate and had ADD, you know. Well, that's, yeah, and, and at yeah. least you were, well, I'll get into that later, but uh, I just had this question pop up as you're yeah. talking about it. Were you forced to go into the, the like, the kids' church service? No. You no, wanted to go. We wanted to go because okay. it meant I didn't have to go to the big kids' service. But we were always forced to go to church. Right, yeah, no, yeah. going to church is one yeah. Um Like, I remember they would invite us to go whenever to I was church. To, to certain, yeah, different oh, churches okay. that I've been to. Okay, well, now the teenagers can leave, or now the youth can leave, yep. and go to the different service. I never wanted to. I always wanted to stay in the, in the main hall. It was like, well, I get this. I enjoy this. You know, well, why do you want to take me away? Or I enjoy it better. But my my parents were never like nowadays when churches make announcements or churches have websites. My parents never knew what was going on at church mm-hmm. other than they knew there was something happened on Sunday or they knew when there was a revival. But I remember um, those poor missions kids, you know, the kids we were donating to when mm-hmm. it was Buddy Barrel Day. So you had this little wooden barrel, you put change in it, mm-hmm. and you took it up to the front and you emptied it out and gave it to missions. Well, I remember. Begging people for pennies so I'd have something to stick in that barrel. Mm So I didn't have any idea. We were helping other kids. I just wanted to be, I wanted to put money in the barrel, you know. So my parents weren't really connected to church events. They were, oh, you can't see air quotes, but um, (laughs) they weren't connected to church events, but they were connected to church. Mm -hmm. You know, and my mom, if she felt good, she would go. If she didn't feel good, she wouldn't go. But my dad was there religiously, pardon the pun. Um, Right. Yeah. All right. Well, what does the word church mean to you personally, if you had to define it? The what now? (laughs) The word church? What does the word church mean to you personally? Uh, Mean to me personally, it's uh, like my first definition is the the people in the family that go there and the people that make up the church, not the building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I should have figured this out long before. Um, well, that's my meaning now. I didn't know you. I'm not going back to history, you know. No, no, but yeah. okay. Well, I guess I've got two definitions to it. Which okay, is, go. You know, church, church is for the longest to me was the building. Mm-hmm. There was a place you went to, and you go to, but you know, it it was just an institution to me. It was negative. Had a negative con- con- connotation for me because I didn't want to go. Right. You know. I mean, in different variations, I either did want to go or didn't want to go. But it was always the place you went to. Right. That idea of yeah. the part where, no, no, church isn't what you go to. Church is what you belong to. Is biblical, and I should have figured it out because it's in the Bible. You know, you belong to the church when the church was, was starting out in Acts. You didn't go to the church. You were part of the church family. Right. I never got that. But I never got that. It took yeah. Pastor Tim, our, our lead pastor, Pastor Tim Ingram, Saying, oh, you know, churches and what you go to, it's where you belong at. Yeah. Or or, or, a, or a group you belong to. Yeah. And yeah. One was... of the conferences I went to, their slogan was, "We are the church." Mm-hmm. So we're all the church, you know, the good, the bad. Well, we should teach that more often. I mean, it, it should be obvious, but 
you know, some of us don't catch on as quickly, I guess. Well, and, I, and it, it all depends on, there's so much that goes into it. There's an emotional state. There's whether you're getting to go on purpose. You know, when I first got, went back to church by choice, mm-hmm. um, I saw past the building and saw the need in my heart. But when I was a kid, I was like, oh, there's nothing fun that happens in this place. It's like a hardware store, you know? Yeah. So I, I I just didn't didn't want to go. Didn't uh, Unless it, I knew it was like a Sunday where we're going to kids' church or we had this one teacher uh, named Betty Heyman, and she mm-hmm. was one of the best Sunday school teachers that we ever had. She was awesome. She made it fun, you know. But then the, we had a couple of different pastors. We had one pastor that was tall and skinny, looked like the guy from Poltergeist, um, Kane from Poltergeist. And then we had a little fat pastor who was a little round ball. Uh-huh. And he would, get a, he would get up there sweating and spitting and, you know, preaching the gospel and his daughter was really cute and we were all kind of like into her um but i mean those were the those were the pastors that i had that preached and i never felt connected to them like i feel connected to the pastors we have now Mm -hmm. so that makes church more of a family not just an obligation or a building to me anyway no no, that's good yeah Um, do you or have you ever felt like you want to like you didn't want to go to well, we kind of answered this already. Have you ever felt like you didn't want to go to church on a Sunday morning, and if so, why? And we kind of have gone through all the myriad reasons of I didn't get enough sleep, right? It's my one day of the week to get sleep. Or sometimes it's just an emotional state for me, or it's mm-hmm. it's proving to myself, like I don't have to go to church, mm-hmm. you know. And and there's just been times where, like, I just woke up and I was like, I need more sleep, mm-hmm. or I've woke up and woken up and and been like. I just don't feel like it, you know, but then there are times that I wake up and I'm like, I don't feel like, it, and I press myself to go and something amazing happens. Right. So yeah. it always makes me wonder what did I miss last time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I go through that, but like currently, yeah. um, with our church and our church yep. has gone through a number of changes, Yeah. but it's almost like a timeline. Our church isn't, you know, the church that it has been. It's almost like we went from this point to this point, to yeah. this point, to this point. And all the different changes. It's evolving in a good way. It's growing and maturing, I think. Right. No, no, and I don't mean like so much just illuminate church itself. Yeah. I mean, you and I know the history because we, we were there. From oh, the yeah. Back in Celebrate Church. Yeah, yeah. For, you know, if the, for the people listening, you know, to give you a short version of it, we were one church. We were adopted by another church. That showed the movies of a pastor at another church. Uh-huh. And I totally skipped out during that portion because I don't watch movies. And then, at church, anyway. And then we branched off and became our own church. Yep, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And and all that. And the when I was um, thinking about it, like one day actually at on a Sunday, sitting here waking up and thinking to myself, I, I really don't want to go. Yeah. And I and I kind of looked inside and I looked at you know gave it thought, and I said, well, what what's the problem? Why is it, what's the issue? Why you don't want to go? Yeah. Uh, there's no big secret. It's not that I don't like people, but, you know, I have You're a to, bit of a recluse. I can be. I can be, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. Well, I, it's not exactly a good thing either. Yeah, but, like, it's... it's. You're not an unproductive recluse. You get stuff done in your in your rec, uh, reclusivity. Is that a word? I don't know. Mm, Reclusiveness? No, no, it's a, it's a word. Yeah. It works. Um, but it's not just that. 
I started looking at the history of all this stuff, right? Okay. I even I spoke. I sat down one time. I think we were having breakfast. Um, Nick Falkowski and I, and you know, another person that's gone through all the changes and seen all the changes. And I told him, you know, I think I figured it out this last Sunday. And I told him, I think it's the way I feel I'm being observed. And I, I you know, that's in a way. Oh that's, no! Explore that. Explore that a bit, because I, when I feel like I'm being observed. Mm-hmm. There's two things I do. I either confront or put on a show. Oh, no, no. But it's not that I'm being observed. Maybe I'm just imagining all of it. I'm just being, you know, right. crazy. Yeah, okay. But we come with all this baggage of we were this, we were that. Yeah. Now we're this. We went through all the changes. You wonder, well, and I know this doesn't happen, but it's like, well, where do your allegiances lie? Oh, do, you know, do you, are you still friends with these people that used to be here uh, and they don't yeah. like the church anymore? Uh, do you talk to them? Do you talk to us? Who are you talking more to? You feel the pull back and forth, and it's like, well, this one's not in our camp. I mean, he comes by, but, you know, yeah. I don't know if he belongs. Well, it's totally, like, there was, there was a point where I know I had left the church, and when I came back, I had a, I had a sit down with Pastor Tim, and he mm-hmm. probably thought he was going to have to cast a demon out of me because I was just being very real, open, and honest, and he was real, open, and honest back. And... That made me trust him more, mm-hmm. because and so there were other people that when they, when we had that tumultuous season, there were people that left and they don't trust that church anymore. And when I went back, it was almost like when I met those people, I had to share with them it's different now. It's not what it was, and and the thing that caused all that problem was people, not our church, mm-hmm. not God. God did God wasn't responsible for that. Um, but I also think that had to happen because it caused a lot of people to grow and it caused a lot of people to be birthed out into other communities. Right, yeah. You know? Positive things came out of yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. But, but but what I was saying is there were people that were like, you still go there? And I'm like, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I, I was able to tell them and be open and honest, not just trying to sell a church because I know people need to go mm-hmm. or because it's a good thing, but I could sell the church to them from my heart and from my own experience because things were different. Right. You know, than they had been before. Yeah, and, and that's not... I'm not trying to say anything negative about our church. No, I didn't think you were. Yeah. It's just... It's the it's the way I... And I've tried to walk away from that, you know. Yeah. To make sure that my mind doesn't go to that. But the some of the relationships aren't the same. Some of the relationships that go all the way back. and I And sometimes it's like, I wonder, well... Is it because it's awkward? Because yeah, you know, I'm still good friends with so and so, and they don't talk, and yeah, it's stupid. It's human stuff. It's stupid human stuff. It is. I mean, there's 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 a guy at church that, you know, that we used to talk a lot, mm-hmm. and I left and came back, and and we've talked on occasion, and we've talked when it matters, but like we'll walk right by one another and not say a word, mm-hmm. and and I've stopped taking responsibility for that. I've stopped taking responsibility for the fact that someone just doesn't want to talk to me. I mean, I'm sorry. If you don't want to talk to me, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I can go talk to the people that do. And so it's interesting to me how relationships have changed, but we've all been in the same spot. The things that have been different are the situations that have that have acted on us mm-hmm. to either change our perspective or change our feeling or whatever. You know, um, I, one thing that I do prize highly is pastor ed like i've Mm -hmm. like he's been consistent throughout all of this and if there was ever a north star other than jesus 
Like, Ed has been the one that, like, you could watch and you could just bank on where he's going to be, who he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> crazy stuff comes out of his mouth sometimes, but it's so it does mine, too. Um, right, and well, but, that's the, you know, the openness and realness. Yeah, there. but he's definitely has been, he's one of the reasons I came back. He was the person I talked to when I left. Uh, and I told him exactly why. He didn't question me on it. He didn't tell me I was stupid. Um, he just stayed in my life, and he was real. And I can't imagine how much energy and how much dedication and how much focus that man has to have because I'm not the only crazy person he has to deal with. Oh, no. Because I've, I've met some of them, you know. Well, we go there every, yeah. almost, or almost every week. Oh, but yeah. yeah. We we know. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, so for me, yeah, the... For instance, like just real quick, mm-hmm. like it's not church, but like there was a there was one Saturday that people were people once again ask the church to help them move, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go, not because of the people, but I just didn't want to go because I didn't want to go because I don't want to be lifting crap all day long. Right. And when I looked at the list, Ed was one of the only ones going, and I said, I will not let my team down like that. Mm-hmm. I will, you know, I need to go. If for anything, I'm not going to help these people. I'm going to help Ed. And like at at some point, we moved a treadmill up the stairs. We we moved it out of the house into another house up the stairs. Why you can't do a treadmill that you're never going to use downstairs? I don't know. But we moved it all upstairs, and it's like we conquered Rome. Like we were high fiving. Mm-hmm. We hugged. Like. It was like the first time I told Ed, I said, this is the first time I've understood athletic team, you know, connectedness. Right. I've never understood the the whole connection to a team or getting something accomplished together. Like we did at SeaWorld, but like I felt like I had just won the Super Bowl by moving that stupid um, treadmill upstairs. But it drew us all closer because each at each moment we're saying, hey, you do this. Hey, move it that way. And we we're all – giving each other's idea merit um and right, so for me yeah lift more on that side. Okay. for me that was church like in a making sense, yeah, that's, sure that's that more church the, sometimes on a sunday morning yeah, yeah the people that you love and rely on can rely on you and you know you can rely on them mm-hmm. um yeah well that's good um do you think a christ follower can practice their faith without going to church if yes or no elaborate Oh, gosh, it's like one of those ACT questions. Um, or SAT. <laughs> I don't uh, mean to word it this way, but that's... Say it again. Do you think a Christ follower can practice their faith without going to church? And if yes or no, doesn't matter which one, elaborate. Yeah, people do it all the time in other countries. Because they don't have it. They're persecuted. They don't have the option to do it. But I feel like over here, mm-hmm. there's a certain part of your faith that has to be lived out with people. Um, and you can do anything alone, but... It's more fun to do it with a group of people. It's I, I share my story all over the internet. I share my story on a blog. Mm-hmm. I've shared it on here, and like, you know, every time I share my story, the Bible says, you know, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So mm-hmm. each time I share it and it inspires somebody because of what Jesus did, not because of what I did, then I, I think that community helps me build a better. It gives me accountability. It gives me love. It gives me um, connectedness. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think you... It gives it life. I, let me say it this way. I think you can, mm-hmm. and I think they can. But if you have the option, why would you? Right, yeah. Yeah. And, and well, I just, I think of, um, 
certain certain family members or friends I've had over the years, and they're believers, but they don't believe in going to the church. And you know, there's various reasons for that. Right. Whether they've been hurt or they just uh, they don't feel like it, whatever. But as time has gone on, I can understand why you wouldn't do those things, why you wouldn't go to the church, believing what you do. But yes, it's almost irresponsible. You know, it's it's like it's not healthy. You follow me? It's uh, it, I do follow you because, and I love how you worded it. It's almost irresponsible mm-hmm. because, and the Bible even talks about this. If you know you should do something and you don't do it, you can just chalk that up as sin. Mm-hmm. And so, because here's what happens: you miss one Sunday, not so bad. You miss two Sundays, and you get to a point you start putting stuff in that slot mm-hmm. on Sunday. You get comfortable. With you it, get yeah. comfortable, and and like for me, when I was working for SeaWorld. I could make a whole day's worth of overtime at SeaWorld. Mm-hmm. I could work an entire day making $35 an hour. I could work from 8 to probably midnight. And I would be like, well, you know, I'm, pay- I'm paying off bills, Jesus. Yeah, the money's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the money's good. But it's like you could do Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And it started off with, uh, I'm not going to go today. Mm-hmm. You know, like you you have to judge. You kind of have to judge yourself. Mm-hmm. You you may skip one Sunday, and it's not that you have to go back next Sunday to get a gold star in, in everybody's book. Right. You know, there will be that one person in church, and we all know who they are. I'm not saying I'm not identifying somebody at our church, but they're at every church. Right. I missed you last Sunday. Where were you? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, none of your business. That's where I was. Um, and and I, I just I hate that getting a text or an, or a, a little curt. We missed you last Sunday. Oh, no, you didn't miss me. You're just wondering where I was because you wanted to be with me. Um, you know, or you wanted to be doing something too. But mm-hmm. but I think y- you have to be careful. I think there's a balance to everything, especially yeah, with this, because the enemy will find stuff to put in your time if mm-hmm. you're not purposeful with it. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, we talk, we talk about it all the time, about all the things that we could take advantage of on a Sunday. And sometimes we do because right. relationally for Gina and I, my wife and I um, – we try to make the most of the time that we do have, and we've got different schedules, work schedules. And sometimes a Sunday is really the most viable option for us to have a good whole day date. You know, go out mm-hmm. to the movies, go grab something to eat, get some rest, etc. Have a little married time. Right. Yeah. And it just, and it works. But we also have to, we also realize that, okay, well, it's okay to do a lot of one-off, you know, every mm-hmm. once in a while. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't think your Christian faith is going to take a dive because you miss one Sunday. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you might have some time during the rest of the week to listen to the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. y- you know, the, I think it's, like for me, when people say, I don't need church, I can go out into the nature and experience God. I think for me, church is, it's like an assembly line. You get there in the morning for pre-service prayer. Then you get to talk to people you haven't seen all week. Then you go through worship. Then you mm-hmm. go through the message. And then you go to lunch with these people. And by the time you're done, you have a six or seven hour investment that has made your day better. Right. Um, and, and people, they don't see it that way. They think they're just going to get preached at. And, you know, I'll be, I'll be the first person that said... When I came back to church, I came back with a different attitude, and church was different to me mm-hmm. because I came back knowing I needed it rather than having to be having uh, been forced to be there, mm-hmm. you know. And so when I could elect to go there, I was looking, 
I was maxing out their spiritual credit card. I wanted everything they had to offer. I wanted everything God had to offer. I didn't want there to be anything that God had to offer that I wasn't going to take because I knew how far I had come from in my old life. But I think sometimes I heard somebody on the, the Dominican trip we just took, church needs to be convenient and it needs to fit into my schedule. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's new and different, you know? And it just, it shocked me because I live a lot of my life giving it away, you know? I'm not perfect at it, but I give a lot of my life away. I give away money and, and things and time. And so, you know, you'll always find something to plug into that slot on Sunday. You, Mm -hmm. and church is not always going to be convenient. Our church has all these different volunteer things coming up Mm -hmm. and that's church too, you know? Right. It's more than Um, just going on a Sunday. Right. Um, what does going to church add to your life? We've got, I mean, you, you answer first. Already. I need to think. That's well, a tough one. I mean, beyond beyond the practically cliche comment of, yeah, I go to church and my week is better because you start off the week right, and that's true. I think that's true for everybody, but beyond just that. Um, you know, I don't want to make it something that you have to do because I, I, I was going to say it teaches you discipline. I'd say for me, it, it, it recalibrates my, if I'm off, it mm-hmm. recalibrates me and, and helps me get through the week again. Mm-hmm. And it definitely, but like that last Sunday, Jess was up and, and, uh, and she's our children's minister, and so it wasn't that I wasn't expecting much. I just hadn't heard her before, mm-hmm. and she's a little more soft-voiced um, than some of the other people. But when she got up there, like in the beginning, and I told you this, at the beginning of pre-service prayer, God just kept giving me these images of walls and boundaries and and <coughs> limits and everything being destroyed in the spirit realm. Like mm-hmm. God was just doing war on strongholds and, and, and he just kept blowing things up. Like you would see like an, a nuclear explosion in the movies. Right. And so mm-hmm. I knew that God was up to something and he was going to do something great. And then when Jess started preaching, it was very simple, but it's very straightforward. It was from her experience. There were occasions where she meant to be funny. There were occasions where she didn't mean to be funny mm-hmm. and it was still funny. But by the end, there was nothing special about the way that she called the encouragers up or mm-hmm. the people that pray for people at the end. There was nothing dramatic about it, but she called people up and people came. And people don't normally come up for the encouragers. Certainly not in those numbers, yeah. No, and so people came up by the droves. And so, like, God used Jessica to just break down walls mm-hmm. and, and do it in such a way that it wasn't forced, it wasn't aggressive. It was just a simple conversation that ended up going. I need that. <laughs> it was no, and it was, and and even Ed said it. But I've known Jess for a while. I, I got to, I had the uh, the honor to see her work in the youth group because she was in the yeah. middle school team with with uh, with us, and uh, I knew it from back then. I could see it just because she's got a very gentle spirit. Uh-huh. But she's got the perfect way to edify a child or any human being, really. Through that gentleness, through a very simple but precise choice of words, through a very kind uh, tone, you know, I, I don't think I've ever heard just speak 
any louder than she normally does. Yeah. And and she's just got a very sweet heart. And but, when something shocks or surprises her, it's a very different reaction than I would have. Mm-hmm. She's like, mm, okay, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a, it was yeah, it was a. I don't know. I, I guess I'm just saying. It was moving. I wasn't. I was yeah, heavily not impressed because I knew that it was there, but it was just nice to see it in action, especially in a in a in a bigger place like that. Right, and, and it was it was service. it was all the elements coming together. It was her message. It was. Um, her presentation it was God already wanting to do some work I mean even mm-hmm. the worship the worship was no louder than it normally is but I felt it and heard it a million times louder mm-hmm. and and people were up front worshiping and that doesn't usually happen and they were invited up but people are invited to do stuff all the time at right. church raise your hands and they raise them for like three seconds and they're like oh my gosh put them down I'm going to strike my lightning um, <clears throat> not because they're bad but because their hands are in the air and it's close to the ceiling but um you know, but but yeah, uh, I don't even know what the answer to the question was, but that's my no, answer. No, no, you answered, yeah. which is, yeah. you know, what does it bring to your life? And you, Yeah. For me, it just keeps me from being alone. And I'm not alone because I have my wife and, you know, my family, but it keeps me from that irresponsibility of wanting to live life alone. Yeah. And it's not good, you know. It, it's not. We went to uh, the, the life group that we were going to this past season was... Uh, you know, it was all an older group, you know, much, you know, Gina and I like to say we brought the median age down considerably, but it was, it was a, it was a good time and it was perfect for us because it was a day that worked for us and we built relationships there Yep, and it was rewarding in that sense. That's church too, you know, and that, that's what keeps me from, you know, this podcast in a sense you and I come together. We, I mean, we've always been friends. I don't know that we ever met weekly, but this is church to me because it keeps me from being alone too. Well, this is like you don't even like, and we need to talk about that at some point. I think because I think it would be a good conversation to my guys that I mentor. But like every time I describe this podcast, I talk about just how awesome it is to have a guy in my life that is healthy that is a Christian, that's a Christian on my level, you mm-hmm. know, that that is not super spiritual, is not holier than thou, is just, like for me, like if back in the day, like coming out of my gay life and, and being in my gay life, one of the one of the things about struggling with homosexuality is needing male uh, affirmation in your life. Right. You know, and for me, I didn't get it from a father, and so I noticed that a lot of the guys I would date was trying to get male affirmation kind of from a fatherly perspective from mm-hmm. them. And so now I know my issue wasn't that I was born gay. I know my issue is that I need good male attention and affirmation. And if I don't get it legitimately, I'm going to pursue it illegitimately. And that's a lot of what you see in the gay community is a lot of illegitimate connections because, you know, I, I don't think – the whole of the gay community is out for sex. I think they're out for communication, connection, mm-hmm. um, you know, affirmation, um, community. And, and so for me, I get it with this. This feeds me. This helps me. Mm-hmm. This is a blessing in ways that you don't even know, you know, and it, it's hard to put it into words. I, I would have to talk about it for forever to really describe the whole thing. <laughs> and Daniel just fell asleep and hit the headboard because we are that entertaining. <laughs> It's like uh, public. It's After like you're trying to share it out of your heart. Here. I'm pouring out my heart on National Public Radio. Um, 
Daniel Fedorchak was so bored today no, that he and, and ended you know, up... No, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, after you share that, and I, and, you know, I, I love you to death, and I appreciate you more than I could ever say either. But it, it breaks my heart, especially when you, you know, through your blog, one time you shared how the guys of the church, not the guys, the men of the church don't want to step up and be there for, you know, it, it's like pulling teeth to try to get a guy to help out at your ministry well and it's it's like pulling teeth to to get them to have just a whole conversation Mm -hmm. you know i've had conversations with jim graham i've had conversations with um pastor ed there there are i had i had amazing conversations with butch baradesco he will talk your head off and it's Mm -hmm. awesome and everything he says is interesting and so um so those men have gone deeper you know, and and this is kind of what when you said you went to a, a Bible study or a, a home group with older people, I love connecting with older people because they aren't searching for who they are anymore. And when you're with younger people, it's almost like you feel like you're being grilled as an interview because you they're trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to figure out if 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 you can be useful to them. And so with these older men in the church, mm-hmm. like I love that quality seasoned older men that. They're not searching for who they are. Sometimes they give you too much advice. There's one guy that always tries to give me advice, and I always poke back at him because he thinks he's perfect, but I'm not going to name him. But but some of these guys in the church, I want conversations to go deeper. I need conversations to go deeper. I don't need to feel like – like you used to have this boss at work. She'd talk to you, but she'd keep one eye on everybody else looking for something more interesting, uh-huh. and I would never talk to her because – you're just looking for something more interesting. You're telling me that I'm not interesting, and it's really not doing an. It's doing a number on my. Well, psyche. now we do that with the with the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hold on. I gotta take it. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Uh, it's the things we go through. <clears throat> I I just I don't have any problem connecting with women or older women or women at church. They always want to talk. They always want to connect. Moms always want to connect, but it's I need a good strong base of healthy Christian men mm-hmm. in my life who aren't afraid to have awkward conversations, who aren't afraid to hug me, shake my hand, whatever, mm-hmm. um, who aren't afraid to go deep and share their own stuff. I share my stuff all the time. And and I don't, I don't do it to get from people, but when you share, it, it, it breeds this vulnerability in people. But I've been to so many men's groups, and I feel sorry for the leader because they're pulling teeth trying to get these guys to talk. Mm-hmm. And it's like... I don't know. I'm glad I'm not like that. I'm glad I spill way too much information. More yeah, often no, than it's that. better to, to <laughs> let it out than you know, just keep it all bottled in. But that's what I say about gas. <laughs> all right. For the sake of time, I think we're going to encapsulate these two questions together. Oh yeah, we got we got exactly eight minutes. Yeah. So, what can be the alternative for someone who works on Sundays and their church doesn't have a weekday service? Or essentially, how can you have church without service? I mean, we have lots of home groups. Mm-hmm. Like you and I have this. Like you can. I've been. I've been wanting to start a Bible study at my house. That's not like a registered or regulated home group. Mm-hmm. You know, just just people getting together to have real conversations and to to read the Bible. Maybe not dialogue so much and this is what this scripture means and when the sixth son of Jupiter uh, rounds out the house you know of Israel uh, you know just but expose people to 
scripture that is ministered to you. Almost like every week somebody comes with scripture that's ministered to them. Um, there, there's so many opportunities. With I heard of a church that has the church on Friday night, you know, mm-hmm. yesterday, and I'm like, well, they're, they're probably not getting a lot of people who want to go to the clubs at that church on Friday night. But there's so many opportunities. We, we live in Orlando, you know, and if people are listening elsewhere, make your own opportunity. Mm-hmm. I tell my friend Matthew all the time, I'm like, if you can't get people to hang out with you, maybe they're not gifted to get people to hang out, but you're gifted to bring people together. So if God has gifted you that way, mm-hmm. don't get all pissy about who gathers who. Right. If, if you need to gather people in order to get what you need, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't sit at home and go, nobody loves me. I, I don't think anybody loves me. They're not calling. Call them. The phone works both ways. Right. You know? And it may require a bit of teamwork, but, you know, gather the people to, hey, you guys work on this day? Yeah, you know, we can't make it on Sundays, but right. have church at home. Yeah. You know? At the end of the day, Lewis, people will get exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. They will pursue, like, there's, there's so many apps that get you what you need, you know, and, and if people are too busy. Mm-hmm. I just heard an acronym. Busy is being under Satan's yoke. Mm-hmm. I love it mm-hmm. because it's so true. He gets you so busy that it's not sin, but it's busy and it keeps you away from the things that are important. Like a morning Bible study is something that I've I, I didn't do for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, write Jesus and tell on me. I didn't have a Bible study for six seven months because I was just really frustrated and I was sad and I was depressed and I started it the other day and God met me right where I was at and just he he said look up my names in the Bible mm-hmm. and he said look up the things that I'm capable of and when one of the scriptures was who set the boundaries of the oceans you know who spread the universe out like a curtain and I thought well if God can spread the universe out like a curtain he can probably handle my measly little mm-hmm. social issues you know um and so when I look at that People will get exactly what they want. If people want connection with Christ, they're going to pursue it. Mm-hmm. If they want to buy a lottery ticket, they're going to make sure they get in there before 9 o'clock. And so if you really are, if you really are wanting to pursue uh, you know, Christ without a church service, ask him to change your schedule. Mm-hmm. Ask him for better, better hours. Ask him for that service. Like, you know, when the Bible says ask, seek, knock, mm-hmm. we don't do it because we... We, we do it this way. Well, I just started that job, and they said I had to work on Sundays. Well, you know what? You're, you're, you're saying you're, – you're basically saying, well, this is the way things are. Right, you're building a box, putting God in limited. it. Limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, if you would just I, – I think that's that for me, God shows me that he has no limits so many times and that I'm the only one that's put limits on him. Mm-hmm. And, and I ask for things from God – um, had a friend that she was laying in bed. She had, she had a uh, surgery or something, mm-hmm. and she was just whining and moaning. And she's like, "God, I don't know how he loves me, and I don't know where he's at right now." And she said, "God would have to give me a five thousand dollar check to show me he loves me." Mm-hmm. She had two supporters from her ministry show up and said, "We don't know why we're giving you this much, but <laughs> we're writing a check for five thousand dollars." And like something that simple. God doesn't care. God will. She said I should ask for ten, but, <laughs> but, I I don't put God to the test. But God is one of God is my best friend, even when I don't treat Him like a best friend. There are things that I can ask God for. There are things that I can say to God. My deepest, darkest sexual fantasies that I'm struggling with, I share with God. My, you know, the other morning I wanted to start. Um, I was I'm hugely addicted to sugar. 
Mm-hmm. I love Coke. I love Starbucks. I love sweet tea. And the other morning, I knew it was time to just drop all that. And when I woke up, I said, Lord, you got to help me with this because I can't do it on my own. And the cravings were just gone all day long. And, and the, the support that I got from the Holy Spirit, spiritually, physically, mentally, mm-hmm. has kept me going. I'm only like seven days in, but if you know me, I have three things of tea at dinner. I have two Cokes a day. I have Starbucks all the time, and I haven't had any of that mm-hmm. since I started this. And so if, you're, if your only limitation is your job, or if your only limitation is your schedule, God is the God of the universe, and he spread the universe out like a curtain, and he set the boundaries for the ocean. Mm-hmm. He created the cedars, you know. And, and so ask him, mm-hmm. you know. In the meantime, do a Bible study on your own. Pick yeah, up yeah. a book, you know. That's my thought. I'm no. long-winded. Yeah, you no, have, no, that's, you that's exactly excellent. have one minute. That's one minute? Oh, yes, yes, one minute. Okay. Uh, well, we've given a lot of advice already, but yeah. um, somebody that doesn't want to go to church, what will you tell them? I'd say they probably have a legitimate reason, mm-hmm. you know? Most I, people do, yeah. Yeah, I'd say they probably have a legitimate reason. I would invite them to ours. It's Illuminate Church in Celebration, Florida. And if we mess you up, you know, then call me, and I'd like to figure out where we, we could find you a church. I'll mm-hmm. help you myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do that with people. Um, and, and with the ministry that I run out of First Baptist, we have this thing called sanctuary churches, and we don't want you to go to one specific church. Um, we do eventually. But we want you to find a church that works for you. Right. Um, and and so somebody who doesn't want to go to church, I would honestly say, I get it. Mm-hmm. But tell me the real reason. Is it people? Is it God? Is it you? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I would encourage them with my story. You know, mm-hmm. I was broken and beat up in church, you know, mm-hmm. and hated every aspect of church. Uh, and when I went back to church, it wasn't because I needed to go to church. It was because I needed the fellowship of Christ and the mm-hmm. and true believers in Christ. And and I connected with Christians that I trusted. Mm-hmm. And I connected with um, people that could help me in whatever aspect I needed help with. Mm-hmm. But in, under the confines of Christianity, you know. So, um, so yeah, I I would say... Um, I would encourage them, you know, in that moment when you're at home, cry out to God. In that moment, if you don't want to go to church, do something to sow into your spiritual life. Read Christian literature or read the Bible or, or find some study online that you're interested in. And and you know what? Ask God if you're truly interested in going to church, but you don't want to go to church, but you're mm-hmm. a Christian. Ask God to help change your perspective. Ask God to send you Jesus with skin on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and the, the only piece of advice I would add to that is just to change your perspective from going to church to actually belonging to one, to being part of a church. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we uh, hope we made you think, as every week. Uh, if you want to reach us, facebook.com slash wolfsheeppod. Uh, if you want to reach me, I am uh, at, or not at, <laughs> The number four, C.S. Lewis at gmail.com. L-U-I-S. If you want to reach Matthew. Bigfishministry at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And then mattywalk.com. M-A-T-T-I-E-W-A-L-K.com. And I think that's it. I'm not going to give you my phone number. No, no. no. Like you've been asking for, ladies. Sorry. <laughs> well, from Luis Cavedo. 
and Matthew Walker. And Daniel Fedorchak. This is Wolf Sheep.